Welcome to No Code Explorers, the podcast where we relentlessly search for the answer to one singular question. How far can we get without coding? It's been about two and a half years since I first became obsessed with no coding, and I understood that we could develop startup products without any code or with a little code only. Since then, technology evolved so much that now I really want to understand and find out the extreme cases. People who are building very robust products without any code or with very little coding. Want to join me in this exploration? And today we have June Swatso. I had a wonderful time talking to June. She has the most amazing stories to tell. She's an activist, a founder, a community person. She does so, so much for her community. And now she launched OrganicNearby.com, a startup to connect farmers and consumers who want fresh organic products at their homes. Organic Nearby is built 100% using Bubble, and you're gonna hear the stories of how June got there. I'm thrilled to have you, June. Welcome. Thank you. You're so kind. Before we dive into the no-code stuff, I would love to hear your background a little bit, your story, and how did you get here, even before Organic Nearby, which, which I want you to, to talk to about. Well, I'm a community activist. I try to uh, make things better for everyone. We lived in a small town. We had six children. I started an arts association. We helped design a new high school in the town. We helped build the first auditorium in the small town. I've always uh, had a small business. I had a design agency for mm -hmm. a while. And uh, my husband was a graphic designer. And I would talk to the clients and he would do the designing. Yeah. So that's my background. I'm just I'm non-technical. I'm not a big business person. I'm more interested in changing lives and having a healthy community for people to live in. Amazing, amazing. Tell us the story of Organic Nearby. How, how did it start? What, what was the sparkle that ignited it? Well, like I said, we have, well, we have six children and uh, I cook all the meals. We never went out. My husband is a fine art potter and he became an educator. And so money was always tight. And I was always trying to find the best products, the best food, the freshest food to cook for the family. Because if you put in all the work to cook food for your family and shop, you need to start out with the freshest products. So organic food was basically what I was looking for. And I had to check every single grocery store within driving distance to see how much their organic products cost. Mm -hmm. And I had to also go to a few different farmers markets to check the prices and the products that they were selling in order to decide what to buy. So I really created this for all the people who are cash strapped. Mm -hmm. who, you know, can't afford to go to their local Whole Foods or whatever. That's why I created it. Yeah. I created it because I was poor 
and I wanted to have the best food for my family. That's an amazing inspiration. And Organic Nearby is? It's a portal. It's a search engine. And it's a directory which aggregates and provides the consumer with information about fresh, local, and organic food by connecting them with local farmers and vendors and grocers and their products. And so if you go to the website organicnearby.com, you can put it, it geolocates to wherever you are. So we have farms all over the United States have, that have put in products and you can put in eggs. And let's say you want to shop within 10 miles of your home and mm-hmm. you put in how far you want to drive. And all of the free range eggs, organic eggs, farm eggs will come up and the farmers have their prices They have their location, and many of them have their growing practices. Because the farms are mostly seasonal, we're also going to be scraping local grocery stores Mm -hmm. for their organic products. Got it. So that you can shop at the grocers, you can shop at the farmer's market, or you can just shop with individual farmers. Perfect. Yeah. So in other words, if if I can't buy directly from the producer, I, I still have the option of, I don't know, the tomatoes getting from, from uh, nearby Whole Foods or any other um, supermarket and but the eggs from the producer directly you can yes you can buy they'll all they're they're all listed on there right now we're uh, in the process of scraping the grocers it's the most complicated part of the mm-hmm. no code process mm-hmm. everything else has been built out and we wanted to see whether the farmers were actually interested in putting their product on this resource. And it turns out that we are the only free marketing resource for Mm -hmm. small farms Mm -hmm. on the whole entire web that I can find, and which is pretty amazing. And we get tremendous feedback from those farmers. So we um, wanted to create a really good working website before we went to the next step and see if it was useful mm-hmm. and we're getting, we have really good feedback from the farmers and from consumers. You launched about six or five months months ago, right? Yeah, we launched somewhere in April, I think. Perfect. Yeah, and you ended up using Bubble as the main uh, technology for this website, right? Right. It happened because... I was pitching at Techstars, a Techstars startup weekend. Yep. And um, one of the mentors saw my team and my idea, and she was visiting with Emmanuel Strashnikov, the CEO of Bubble.io. Mm-hmm. And she mentioned to him my idea, and she connected me with uh, Emmanuel. And uh, that's how I found out about Bubble. And then I started to, I tuned in to one of his interviews, uh, someone who had interviewed him. And I just love, I love that he created 
his platform bootstrapping mm-hmm. for seven years, mm-hmm. and he just now t- took investment. Yes. And so, uh, and he created it for people like me who are non-technical. Yeah. That's how we found Bubble.io. And um, as it was, I tried to um, learn learn how to do it. But I'm super non-technical. So I found a, a um, developer through Facebook who develops Bubble. And I asked him, I showed him what, told him what I wanted to do, asked him if it was possible and how much you would charge. Yeah. And it was less than $300. Wow. For the MVP. Wow. And I didn't even have that. So my uh one of our daughters said, I was going to sell my computer <laughs> to fund the MVP. And my daughter says, no, mom, don't sell your computer. I'll fund it. She's a teacher. And so she funded the MVP. And uh, um, that developer from Brazil, Thiago Miguel, he's still on our team. And uh, I'm just so thankful for the work he did. He spoke Portuguese. I spoke English, but oh, you, somehow we you made it work. managed to to do it w- with different languages. Absolutely, wow. he spoke a little English, and he showed me his work, and we zoomed. I had been volunteering at, for a local college in their startup program, and so I asked the professor if he would find me, if he could find me a student who would help me design. Mm-hmm. because Thiago was mostly into developing. Got and it. so a student designed this with me for a grade in the class. Amazing. And uh, I just I need to comment on this. Uh, but before that, was Thiago the first developer you talked to? No, he wasn't. No, he was... Um, I, a lot of people contacted me, but... He was the most uh, authentic and easy to work with. And I asked him, well, it turned out, see, my husband's a fine art potter. Mm -hmm. And as I was talking to him, I found out his mother was a potter. And so we exchanged pictures of the pottery and his dad builds kilns. And so I went, you know, and I asked him to see his work and he had built uh, an app to deliver grocery, um, to deliver restaurant food for the local restaurant products, those local restaurants in Brazil and the town where he worked. And I said, hey, he can do it. Yeah, that's that's an amazing story. Just just to to point out, and I'm sure uh, you're familiar with, with this being non-technical and being involved in the startup community for a few years, as I saw you've been. That's not that common to to be able to find a developer. If we were talking about coding instead of no-code tools, it would be even harder to find someone and attract that someone at an affordable price where you don't need to sell your MacBook to, <laughs> to make it happen. You're, uh, totally. I think this speaks a little about one of the magics of no-code because it's not as hard to do it. So there are, there are more people willing to do it, not at this moment, but it will be, there. I think there will be a multitude of Bubble, Webflow or other tools uh, developers in the near future. 
So more non-technical founders will be able to have the experience you had. And I'm not even talking about the, the product itself, just being able to find someone to join you and build your, your thing is amazing. Absolutely. It is because I'm really involved in the startup community and I could not afford a developer, even with friends. I mean, and, and um, but you know, what's funny after Thiago um, made the original MVP, um, he had a lot of projects going. So I advertised locally in our, uh, just the local Facebook page and for, a, in our tech, tech community in Spokane. And I said, does anybody do no do bubble IO? I'd like you to get some bugs out of my website. And uh, someone that I had volunteered with 10 years ago, when he was 20, Hmm. and he was going to college, now he's 30, you know, and he's got a big time job, he goes, Hey, I do bubble, I'll fix the bugs for you. And if you don't have funding, I'll do it pro bono. And that's the beauty of a mission driven startup, right? Because people will, it's such an important uh, thing, like buying organic for a multitude of reasons that people will join you even even of course uh have someone join you full-time would not would not be as uh easy as like contributors and someone like tiago who would build the the initial version it's also hard but when you are a mission-driven founder you you have this in your favor right oh totally yeah absolutely i i don't know how to be anything other than mission-driven to tell you the truth um that's that's you know that's just the way I am. I built an art, uh, an art association. Yes. Now I'm building <laughs> a website so people can have eat more healthy and be able to afford it. Yeah. So, and just just so so I understand the the products with the goal of understanding how far can we get with no code before before we 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 need some coding what were the easier parts to build on bubble what were the hardest and you were mentioning like the scraping part being hardest and but even before talking about the scraping which would be the next step for the first version what was where were the challenges for someone like me uh, was getting the vision of what the website what i ultimately wanted the website to look like Mm -hmm. i wanted it to be super simple and super efficient. And um, that's what I was going for. I wasn't looking for anything trippy or any pizzazz or anything. I just wanted people to be able to use it. So, and for it to be bug free. And that's what we went for. And um, that's what we accomplished. That's what Thiago and I started with. And then Adam Parrish who took over the development, even though Thiago still works with us. Adam is, calls himself um, a designer who develops. So he, he loved, he loved this redesigning and redesigning the website to make it better and easier. And I love that Thiago is in Brazil and that he has a whole community there. In fact, Brazil is really hot Yes. On bubble. Do you do you know I, I am from Brazil? So 
Yes. <laughs> Far out. Oh, I totally love that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I know the community here, the, the, the software development community in Brazil is very strong. That's why I'm, uh, today I leverage this, uh, this strength uh, in my uh, work. And I'm discovering that the no-code community here is very strong also. So in the past couple mm -hmm. of years, I've been researching and, and getting involved in no-code stuff. And I, I couldn't agree more. The, the community here is very strong. All right. So you built with, with them and the, the biggest challenge was getting the experience right, making it real simple and working perfectly. How long since you started working with Tiago until you launched? Just a, a, a few months. And that's all it took. It took him about a month or two. Mm-hmm. I should probably create a timeline on that. That's a good question, but um, it didn't take very long at all, just a couple of months. And then we started just refining it, trying to get the bugs out. Then um, the big thing was, which my mentor, who became my co-founder, he said the big thing, June, was going to be to get it known all over and get farmers to put their products on. That's what I've been focused for the last few months is um, connecting with farmers, uh, finding out what they need most, making it super easy for them to put their products on and, um, and even visiting their farms. And yeah. I have the best garden this year because <laughs> I'm on all the farmer pages. Yes. I know when to plant the seeds and it's the coolest. It's just the coolest startup because you're working with every farmer as an individual small business person. Yeah. The experience for the farmers and producers are, is like self-service. If, if I'm a farmer, I can go to organicnearby.com and just register? Just register. We, we made it similar to Craigslist um, mm -hmm. because people are familiar with that. Yeah. And so the farmers who put their products on have no problem. And I, and, uh, I text them. I say, if you have any problem, let me know. And I'm telling you, we have rural farmers. Yeah. These guys are out there. And some of them are in the city. They have urban, small urban farms, but a lot of them are way out in the country and they still can put their products on. Yeah. And one of the things I like about hearing this is the, the main idea the startup community has uh, today is that no code is great for prototyping. And of course, we're stretching these limits, but what I'm starting to see and, and I, what I'm hearing uh, when you say it is it's much more than prototype. You can create a very good experience with no code. Is that, well, is that yeah. your, your, does that resonate? Totally. The um, developer who is um, designing, constantly working on it now, he, he um, is a well-known developer in our community. And um, he has no problem in saying, hey, we can do this and uh, making it look good. It's all on. He even is put, investing his own money hmm. in the website. 
Wonderful. And uh, paying for the app creation, the little programs that we have to use. So that is amazing to have tools that allow you to, to build a real product, a real startup product without uh, any coding is just incredible. And totally. how, how about the, the scraping part, which would be more like backend work in terms of development? Are you going no code for the scraping as well? We are now. We're, um, that's what, well, we're working on two apps. Right now, it's just a website and mobile friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, He's right now making an iOS app and a, an Android app. And then uh, I'd, we want to get the scraping started and hopefully working before the farms start losing. Uh, the season changes b- before. Yeah, yeah. till the. Mm-hmm. And so that the, and it, as a matter of fact, I didn't even think of the farmers when I started when I created this site, mm-hmm. I was just going to scrape the grocery store. Got it. Got it. But then when COVID hit, then the whole focus was on a food security mm-hmm. and, sust- and community sustainability. Mm-hmm. And there was already a committed marketplace for people who shop locally. So we decided, that's why we decided to, hey, this already exists. Let's just bring on the farmers. They need it. It turned out we were their only marketplace. We are their mm-hmm. only marketplace. One of the local universities, I believe it's the University of Idaho Extension Service, who works with teaching small farmers, micro farmers. Now there's farmers, vertical farmers. There's uh, farmers who just grow microgreens right in their home. This university created a website with resources for these small farmers, Mm -hmm. even created a farmer's market for them in Idaho, I believe Moscow, Idaho. And they, when they saw our site, they said, this is fantastic. We're putting you organicnearby.com on our website as a resource for small farms. So it's sort of even more than, you know, a commercial site, it's actually a resource. Yes. After you have uh, the, the grocery stores scraped and on all there, uh, do you have a vision for where do you want to get to? Or is it just like you're iterating and learning and, and seeing because you weren't even think, thinking about the farmers, then the, the opportunity came, you adapted. Is, is it more iterating or do you have a long-term vision that, that you're taking one step, a step at a time? Well, we do have a long-term vision. I try and work on what comes up at the time. I'm concentrating on the farmers right now, but my co-founder, Chris Wood, is an entrepreneur and inventor. He teaches at the local university. He's got so many things. He wants shopping carts. He wants it to be a marketplace where people can buy right off the site, where they can add up their groceries, where people can go to the local farmer's market. Everything will be paid for. You just have to go pick up your food. And, or you can go to the groceries, click into the grocery stores, and they already have their shopping carts. And so it's really a place to compare prices 
uh, and products and growing practices. And it's local everywhere. Yeah. When you and Chris get together to, to discuss this um, roadmap, like, do you see yourselves converting to custom built software like coding in the future? Or do you see yourself like stretching no code as far as you can? And, and, and what... What's the vision around the, the product development? That's a really good question. I haven't asked Adam that, but we haven't talked about going to regular coding. He's a regular uh, coder developer. Mm -hmm. But right now, everything works perfectly on our website. I mean, and so if we can, and uh, I have asked the no-code community about scraping. Mm -hmm. And they say that there is no problem at all mm -hmm. in integrating that into our website. And what I'm looking forward to is that after we do the, we scrape, let's say a couple of local grocery stores and integrate them into our website, that um, they will see that it's um, beneficial for them to connect through an API. And then we won't even have to scrape. But we, you know, everything has its time. And it's now that we have something built for a community, for the community of farmers who really need it, then We'll just go step by step to add in the grocery stores and they'll complement the farmers and many small farms sell to the local grocery stores. The local grocer, uh, one mile from me, it's owned by employees. It's called Yokes Grocers. And I walked in the other day, they had a blackboard and the produce just facing you as you walk in. And it says, we have over 300 local products, mm -hmm. locally produced products in our store. So um, having the grocers will be complementary to the local farms. Yeah, but ideally, of course, if you can have all the farmers in, in the U.S. there, the, the, the grocery would be more of a backup for... Yeah, for the harder the 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 logistics that they have that allows them them to to offer products like the all year round, right? Right, like bananas for Eastern Washington and mangoes and pineapples from Hawaii, stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. One thing I, I would love to to learn from you is right now you have a product and uh, you have two amazing developers that that build uh, the product for you on Bubble. What's the workflow when you need to make like a small tweak? Let's say you want to change the text uh, at the homepage, like the tagline or something like that. Very simple change. Is it something you do? Is it something you ask them? What's the workflow around small tweaks? I just ask, I text, I email Adam and it's done within the hour. It's totally crazy. I mean, I have never, unbelievable. I mean, he can fix things so fast. And uh, I have another uh, person on my team, Connor Simpson, and he um, does marketing for a local, uh, for Limelight Technologies. And uh, I needed, I said, you know, we need a newsletter. And so Connor goes, hey, I can help you design the newsletter, no problem. And I said, well, how do I, set a, how do I send it out? 
oh, I'll come to your house and show you. My husband is so happy that I'm able to do this and stay busy that uh, when we have pottery that comes out of the kiln, we give it to the people who help us with the website. Yeah. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> I can't help but think like how different this experience is from the average non-technical founder starting things. If It might be with code or even with no code, like, oh, I asked it, it and it's done uh, at the end of the hour. And the, the, the common story, unfortunately, is... Oh, I, I want to change one text in this website and I need the developer to do that. And, I, and they are busy working for, I don't mm -hmm. know, Uber. It feels, uh, there are two things in my mind. The first one is you are blessed by a great team and, and people who, who are really on board. But also I think no code makes it easy for them to do the, the work. So, so it's also something that costs them very little to change something on, on the site. Do you have um, do you have a feeling around this? You know, my developer doesn't talk very much. <laughs> yeah. So I have to ask him specific questions. I'd have to ask him. I'd, I just say, oh, could you change this? And within the hour, it's done. And I'll go, oh, my gosh, you're so incredible. And um, I think it's also the nature of the website, being that it's basically for community, for health. I mean, eventually, uh, and we see it as a business. My co-founder is totally business. He's all business. And uh, as a matter of fact, he mentored me for three years and told me nobody shops will shop for groceries online. You're just wasting your time, June. And I said, I know this is right. Uh, I know this. And uh, because my daughter is a professional and she'd come home and she'd shop at Walmart and she'd shop online and go pick it up inside the store. This is before COVID. And I'd go, why? Why don't you shop like the rest of us? And then she and uh, but she doesn't have time. It's just a more efficient way to live is uh, shopping online. So He kept saying, but then COVID hit and uh, I was doing the tech stars and I tried, I kept trying to explain my idea and uh, it was difficult for me to explain it. I said, Chris, I need a web flow. We need to make an MVP. And like in an hour, he sends me the web flow all written out, you know, and everything. And I asked my daughter, who gave me the money for the um, MVP, I said, Rosa, can, can you make this into a video of how it'll, it will work? And she makes it into a video and sends it back. And we sent it to uh, Emmanuel. You know, this is how it's going to work. But part of that is that uh, I volunteered a lot um, at Startup Weekend I, when we had it here. Uh, I think I volunteered for nine events. And through that, I learned a lot about the different people in the startup community or the people that just were excited about creating businesses within successful businesses within their community. So this didn't have it. This is 
even though it looks like it only took a couple of months, mm-hmm. it, t- it was 10 years in, in the, the development. Making. Yeah, I was curious about it. This when you mentioned that Chris mentored you for three years before yes. you built it. Was he mentoring you around this idea? Did you have the idea for a long time before that? Yeah, yeah, I had the idea for four years. Uh, for for when I first got the idea, I was I went to the local startup events, and I always went to the ones that were free, basically, and especially the ones that had free lunches. Yeah. <laughs> When I travel to San Francisco, the, there's a lot, many meals I, I do at events, at a startup events. <laughs> There you go. And so um, I kept asking him questions, but he, he's just, um, he's a genius. I, he's a brainiac. In fact, there was someone last year or after I, um, we went, after we launched, that had $25,000 I wanted to invest in our startup, but he had different ideas. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I showed it to Chris and Chris said, no, we don't need that. You know, we're doing fine. We'll just go this way until we make it pay for itself. I also mentored my son, uh, our youngest son who would not go to college and, uh, I brought him into Startup Weekend, which taught you agile, yeah. you know, lean methodology and Eric Rice's, you know, all books. And I mentored him. Now he's way high, uh, high up in a local startup in Spokane. So this has really a lot of ramifications. Yes. It's, <laughs> It's- it started out about me but it turned into something that actually helped our children and is bringing a future to small farms marketing their products. And it's because of no code that um, we could produce this. That's that's incredible, the the ramifications. And and because of the low barrier to entry, it ramifies uh, with more ease, right? It spreads. One thing I'm curious about, if you were thinking about this idea for a few years before, you you actually were able to to make it into a product. Four or five years ago, no code wasn't as strong. Like you, you didn't have bubble didn't do as much, Webflow didn't do as much, and and all all the other tools weren't as advanced. Mm-hmm. Did you consider doing custom code uh, back then? Oh yeah, I definitely. But there was I I never even heard of no code until uh, Jacqueline Marshall, the TechStars mentor, uh, introduced me to Emmanuel. Then I, then I looked at his interview and I was just totally blown away because um, to me, startups require a community. Yeah. People like me who are, have, are economically challenged, uh, I'm not going to a university and then everything shut down. I was the most productive during quarantine. Mm-hmm. Because everybody was online. Yeah. And the communities went online and they sort of opened up a little bit that way. 
But um, startups are about a startup community. That's how I look at it. I'm totally into the startup community, helping them, posting for them. I post for a local startup medical funding community just to help out, you know. I want to um, continue uh, investigating this because I think the contrast between your early days and now it will help other founders who are listening to to understand uh, to have a better sense of the market for coding versus the market for no code the um, options etc cetera, etc cetera. so back then when you considered hiring developers not not hiring or finding co-founders etc were you actively looking for tech, a technical co-founder back then or someone to build a, a custom-built software for you? I was looking, but I didn't have any funds to hire anybody. So um, I was just um, basically drawing it out on pieces of paper mm -hmm. with stick figures yep. and seeing if I could get people interested in doing it. But I don't know if this would help. Well, 10 years ago, I had an idea and I create... Um, to give every, every store a website mm -hmm. on the internet. I put my ideas down. I, I, everybody I knew, I would give them a, uh, a disc with my ideas on it, trying to get them interested in what I was doing. And uh, I finally found an investor in Silicon Valley And he put it in a million dollars and worked with me for four years. Wow. And we hired someone and that person charged $360,000 mm -hmm. to develop our website. And to me, uh, the investor was a brick and mortar person. So he didn't know about how much websites cost. Yeah. It was, we were way overcharged. So that was my first experience with a conventional coder that after uh, my investor took it over and he eventually closed it down, I started um, looking deep and I Googled deeper and deeper, like 20 pages down. And I found he was charging $300 an hour 10 years ago. I found that he had it made in India and they charged $15 and it was on their website. Hmm. I found it in India. That was my experience with regular coding. Yeah. So, so you've been burned like, like many non-technical founders are. And yeah, someone I, I admire a lot, Gina Bianchini, founder of Mighty Networks and previously uh, Ning.com. And she sa usually says like dev shops will take non-technical founders for a ride. Totally. And of course, I know that's not always the case, but I think there is something happening with no code that allows us to, for example, if you, if you were to take a look at this person's code to see if they were doing a good job or even if they were working at all, you as a non-technical person would not be able to understand what was there. But if you were, imagine you hired a different developer that wasn't as engaged as Tiago and you, you wanted to have a call with them and show me what you got. They would be able to share their screen and show you what, what they were doing on Bubble and you would be able to understand it. 
you, it's that's what happened. Yeah, that's definitely what happened. Sometimes, uh, and 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 if if the story you told me is, it might be a little more than the average non-technical founders uh, get uh, ripped off for, <laughs> but it but it's very common. If this story were to happen with no code, you would be have much more control over it. Is is that yeah. does that resonate with your uh, experience? Uh, I think so. I think that I come back to community again. Yeah. That hanging out in a startup community. I mean, I didn't understand anything. I went into my first startup weekend. And I asked the 16-year-old kid next to me, what is going to happen, mm -hmm. you know? And he had never been to one, but he knew exactly what was going to happen. So for someone like me, who's really non-technical and more visionary than, you know, you have to make, I have to make 10 times on my dollar and um, stuff like that. I think it really comes down to community. No code is part of the startup community yeah. now. And um, I don't think it's very well known where I am in Spokane. But actually, I think that even um, regular developer businesses will be using things like Bubble to create an MVP yep. to give the founder a vision of what their uh, product will look like. I know I'm emphasizing community. No code is really part of the startup community. Yep. My daughter told me, hey, mom, <laughs> you know how they were teaching all the kids to code? The big, the big push a couple of years mm -hmm. ago was get all the kids coding. Yeah. She says, I don't even think coding's going to be a big deal very soon because I think it's going to be no code. Yeah, I think uh, my, my opinion is that it will always be a big deal because it will be necessary for the things that no code can't do. So it will be even more valuable for those things, but it's going to be like a waste of time for things that can be done with no code. I've been working with software development for 20 something years now. I'm an engineer myself and I and I don't I don't want to code things that can be done with no code because it doesn't make sense. I'm I'm using a lot webflow these days. Uh, haven't got too much into bubble specifically, but webflow when I'm doing things on webflow I think this is much better than coding. This is much easier than coding. Of course, there are things that there are, there are constraints and there are limitations. Yeah. For those I don't hesitate and go straight to coding when 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 I when I need something done, but there are so many things that I can do that even myself being a developer, I don't want to I don't want to code uh, when it's not necessary anymore. My daughter um, is creating a fintech which teaches children how to manage finances. That's beautiful. And uh, and we're pushing the limits of no code. Mm -hmm. You know, we're finding out how because she created hardware and she contacted Bubble and some people who teach for Bubble yeah. who are helping her to see if no code can attach to hardware 
successfully. Mm-hmm. You know, no code. I don't know. It's like the automatic transmission yeah. after you use a <laughs> yeah. stick shift. Exactly. You know, we're all driving automatics, you know, but we have stick shifts in our truck. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> there will always be some people who, who prefer stick, right? The, yeah. No, totally. no problems with that. But I, I agree with your daughter that no code will be a much bigger push in, around education uh, in the next few years than coding because it has so much leverage. If you can experiment and do, do things with, in less time and with less of, uh, less of a steep learning curve, which coding has, you, you, if you want to be a developer, you have to go through a steep learning curve. And if you want to do things with no code, it's not that steep. It, you still have yeah. to invest time. It, it's not something yeah. you, it requires a, many hours of investment, but it's like, it's not years, just like software development, right? You don't have to go to college. Don't have to go to college. I, and I don't, and and I don't actually, think you have to, to go to college to learn to, how to code also, but it, but it feels like really? a graduation. <laughs> like it feels like you, you need to go to graduate school, even if, if you're going to. I never went to, to college for that. I, I'm self-taught around coding, but in, in most of the people that work with me are also. Self-taught coding. Wow. My husband put in the first high-tech commercial art department in a high school in the state of Washington. Wow. So we had the first um, Macs, and I think we had the Apple IIEs, and then we had the first Mac with a little screen and everything. Wow. And the floppy disk. And to me, the internet was always like magic. I never knew how it worked even when I created my first startup, I sort of skipped that whole part. And then I read a book, I think it's called Tubes. Have you read that book no, called Tubes? No, haven't it's heard of awesome. it. It's awesome. And it tells how the, the tubes go, like they go from the major cities that mm-hmm. where commerce always went to, where the ships went to. And, and so then I learned how the internet worked and the wiring I still don't really know very much, but as long as it works, you know, it's sort of like electricity. I yeah. don't know how it works, but I still plug things in. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's the beauty of, of no code. You don't need to know what's under the, like inside the engine. You, you, you just drive the yeah. car, right? <laughs> you just put in the oil. Yeah. <laughs> put in the gas. Yeah. Turn on the ignition. Amazing. June, this was an incredible conversation. I'm so grateful that you joined us today. Oh, you're so sweet. I love it. Your story is a story of uh, resourcefulness and community building mission, uh, vision. So it was uh, an immense pleasure. Thank you so much. I hope soon to have OrganicNearby.com in Brazil. Let's do it. As soon as we get everything going, because I've talked, I joined the Y Combinator Startup School, Mm -hmm. and uh, I've been talking to founders all over the world. And the first thing they say is, we want Organic Nearby here. I'm in Italy, you know. My girlfriend loves this and food is global. We all shop. Are you shopping online in Brazil? Kind of. I, I, I live in a 20,000 people town. 
So oh. it's not that easy to shop online, but but we do. It works, but we sometimes some of the things we order don't arrive, and then we need to go to the shop, the 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 shop also. So it's not working perfectly. It still have a little bit of friction, but we do. We do. It was a great pleasure. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so and I, much. And I hope you come to Brazil and all of, and you have organic nearby all over the, the world soon. I love it. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Take care. I hope you got excited to build your own thing with no code after this conversation. And if you want more, please follow me on LinkedIn and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite streaming service. I'm Daniel Weinman, and this was No Code Explorers. Thank you.